Yeah, still alive, Slee. Game six tomorrow in Atlanta. You can hear it right here on 710 ESPN. And the Dodgers still have a heartbeat. We said it going into the game yesterday. If you can find a way to win tomorrow, it kind of sets up pretty good for you the rest of the way. They got Scherzer going tomorrow. You got Bueller going the day after that. I guess the best possible scenario, considering the scenario you're in, the Dodgers have it. Um, both teams, I think, right now feel like, hey, you know what? If you're Atlanta, you're thinking we're going back home. We get a chance to play in front of our uh, our home fans, uh-huh. and it's Game Six. It's not Game Seven. So I think they kind of, in a sense, are feeling to themselves. Let's just let's worry about Game Six. If you're the Dodgers, you're saying the exact same thing. We're going to take this thing all the way back down to uh back to Atlanta, and we got Max Scherzer on the mound. And listen, if it gets to a Game Seven. You cannot sit here and tell me that the Atlanta Braves aren't thinking to themselves. Oh, for sure. For this sure. Again, like, you know, you and I spent a lot of time talking about how last season and this season, you can't, there's no comparisons. You no. Can't. It's a 60 game season. Played in Dallas. Played in Dallas. <laughs> like, I mean, there's literally no comparisons. No fans are there. None of that stuff. No travel back and forth. This is different up until you get to Game 7. Because mm-hmm. I think once you get to Game 7, all bets are off. The 3 1, up 3 1, up 2 0. No, that's a real thing now. Now that becomes, you might be known as the team, the franchise that in two consecutive years was up 3-1 against the Los Angeles Dodgers and lost both of them. And I think if I heard it right last night on the broadcast, the mm-hmm. Braves have, every time they've had a 3-1 lead, and this goes back to like the 50s, they've lost. Really? <laughs> yeah, they've had like a 3-1 lead four or five times. and well, they got to feel it. good about themselves. Yeah, but, but again, what happened in the 50s has nothing to do with of course it Freeman does. and Ozzie Albies. I don't think that Austin Riley's like, hey, uh, Eddie Matthews had a really bad game seven. They're like, watching on, that man. film. They're actually watching the film there to see if they can take anything from that (laughs) 1950s game. (laughs) ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Chris Taylor, of course, had the big day yesterday. Um, AJ Pollock had a great line when asked about, you know, was was he excited? And this was his, uh, this is what he said about Chris Taylor being excited. Very soft-spoken and doesn't get easily excited. (laughs) I say he gets, the only thing that excites him I've seen is uh, he likes to have a good, he likes to have a beer. He gets excited about that. Beer with the boys, and then he um, he loves watching surfing. Only two things that really maybe the three home runs today might have spiked his uh, <laughs> adrenaline, but probably not. Most likely just the beer and watching surfing. Beer and surfing sounds fun. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not a bad way to By spend the, way, the day. And you could be a baller and hit freaking not just that wild card two run homer to send the Dodgers on to go play the Giants. Uh-huh. And then you could come out against the Atlanta Braves, your back's against the wall and hit three jacks. And oh, by the <laughs> way, a single bloop single in the middle of all that for another RBI. When you could do things like that and then just walk into the TBS and in front of the, um, in front of the, I forget her name. I, uh, Lauren Shahadi, right? Lauren Shahadi, and yeah. just basically be like, "Yeah, I'm uncomfortable doing this, even though I just jacked three home runs." That's <laughs> he, and it was that's funny. pretty special. He was like uncomfortable. uncomfortable. It wasn't yeah. like he was aw shucksing it because no. that is a bad look when you're pretending that you don't like it when you actually are loving it. Go watch the video. Right? Uh, uh, is nobody pretending yeah. on that one? Look, that's that's Chris Taylor look, looking at you, Phil Mickelson. Ah shucks, guys. I don't know what happened. I just I made 11 30 footers in a row. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I just got lucky. And he's looking like, you understand this is what I do every day, right? That Taylor really did feel like, about, I don't know what the hell just happened. How about Taylor's curtain call? It was like, do I go up on the second step? Do I go for, like, how do I do this? Why, why is he going up to the step? I thought he already hit the home run. Is he batting again? Belly. <laughs> you never know what's Bellinger. What's, what, what's, what's going? Chris doing? <laughs>
Is he out? I don't understand this. What is he doing? <laughs> Did it not count? What, what gets you fired over. up? If, if somebody said to me, and, and and what what gets you know? Does Alan get excited? I'd be like, well, not. He gets excited for a few things. What would the few things be? Good what, people. If, like if you're around the, the vibe. If you're around okay. good people, get a little liquor mixed in there. Then okay. then it's kind of so a drinking. Vibe. <laughs> you're like Chris Taylor. You just want to yeah, go. It, but it's have not a beer. just drinking. If I'm drinking a bourbon at home, I'm all of a sudden walking around <laughs> fist pumping everywhere. <laughs> well, you, what if I put surfing videos on in the background? Bang bang. <laughs> that, oh, that was an Astley that we what didn't get to. Again? If you're the guy that walks into a room and starts with looking good over there finger guns are you that guy you finger guns guy every time i walk in this morning i see or every time i walk into the studio i see emily and i see taylor i go bang bang just two of them just bam bam and they know looking good guys looking good Let's have a great show pew 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 that would be a pretty good way to get the day started all right today's uh, stat hero of the day chris taylor we talked you about know him. what i get excited about first player in postseason history with See, three home run games when facing elimination that's how good chris taylor has been no i do want to hear it i no, do want to hear it but before i hear no, it i'm not going to tell you stat hero the exclusive <laughs> daily fancy app partner of the travis and sleba show i'm gonna throw out the website it's the first ever daily fancy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage go to stathero.com Slash 710 ESPN for 300% back on your first play. Stathero.com slash 710 ESPN for 300% back on your first play. I think I know it. I think I know what gets you going. What do you got? I think it's the sports bar environment. Uh, I don't dislike it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoy that, being like, out there. I think environment of there's games on, the ups, You the like downs. to be alone and watch these high-stress games, yeah, don't not, you? I need I'm to not. have some of that adrenaline burn off. Before I started doing the pre and post for the Lakers, uh-huh. I, I'm not trying to watch. No, I don't need anybody talking to me and like getting me off of what's going on in the game i i don't i'm good i i a perfect night like if you say hey what's travis super i want to go out i want to have a great dinner i want the drinks to be perfect i want the service to be good i want the food to be delicious i want the conversation to be sparkling and then i'd like to go home and go to bed <laughs> if we can have that meal and have me in bed by 9 45 that's a great night that's not bad that's it's just not you, i'm fired up right just there. talking about it at this point <laughs> that's, that's getting me excited i have a question for you what do you got and help me out here dodger fans 877-710-3776 877-710-ESPN on the dr pepper call in line why did bruce dar gratterall take that at bat at the end of the fifth inning because if if the idea is here, here Bruce Dar Gratterall made the last out of the fifth inning after pitching two brilliant innings yeah. on like I think it was fourteen pitches. I was going to say six pitches yeah. and eight pitches. Fourteen yeah. pitches. He collected six like outs. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, extraordinary. Extra, that's that's a good one inning. It's an extraordinary two inning stretch. He goes up to bat, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're going to roll him for a third inning, which course, I'm 100 no percent good with. He's only thrown to bat mm-hmm. fourteen pitches. They put him on Cody Bellinger's on first base. Here comes Gratterall. Okay, it's six to two at this point. You got a four run lead, and then swings the, at a off <laughs> off speed one two pitch. I'm gonna get him out of the game. He strikes out. Yeah. By by the way, not a huge surprise. He'd had two at bats this season that he struck out uh, in that at bat. Not a huge surprise. And here comes Blake Trinan out of the bullpen. What am I missing? And, and and one of the only explanations that I've heard is that he didn't want to burn one of his bench guys in a low leverage situation. Guys, he wasn't down to one guy. It's the fifth inning. You still had Matt uh, Austin Barnes available. You still have Gavin Lux available. You still have Matt Beatty available. You still have some bullets in your gun to fire. How about what you said right there? It's the fifth inning. It's the fifth inning. 
And and Bruce Argraterol, look, if it's Julio Orias and you're mm-hmm. thinking maybe he can run into one, he's a pre- pretty good hitter. Clayton sure, Kershaw, sure. not a bad hitter for a pitch. This is a relief pitcher that's had two at bats. What are we doing? It's six. It's not eleven to two. Where eh, there's nothing. You runs are still very important at this point. And I get it. The game went a certain way. Dodgers win eleven to two. Chris Taylor hits three home runs. Pollock hits a couple. So it becomes a no it, story. It's a, it but no, this no is topic. one of these things that if. Gratterall hits mm-hmm. and doesn't come out and Trinan comes in and spits the bit or Jansen comes in and spits the bit and now all of a sudden instead of it being six to two, it's six to five or six to six or you're behind seven to six, you just gave away yeah, a chance no, to score a run. There's no answer on You this. just took out a guy that thrown fourteen pitches and gone right it it made look, we've taken so many calls here. And again, maybe there's a massive piece of this that I'm blind to. What are we doing here? We've had two situations so far since you and I started doing the show together where you became like a New York Times reporter <laughs> and you become one of the like an investigative journalist and everything. Now you're reaching out to different contacts. You're all over everything online trying to look for stories and articles and you came back with nothing and, and maybe this well they do this occasionally over the course of 162 games it's going to pop up once in a while where you, this you, is not a one of you watch every game but you watch every game i, I do and do you know of i don't recall this scenario taking doesn't mean it didn't happen i don't recall it but even, playoffs a little different. let's say even if they did it once a month sure it's an elimination game every run is important Every and, out. And by the way, I'm okay with letting him hit to send him back out there. That's sure. fine. Because he only threw 14 of pitches. Course. He looked great, all that. Let, yep. Let's roll it. Let's save some of our guys. We know we got another one tomorrow. You never know what's coming out of that pen. I know Gratterall is untouchable tonight. He threw 14 pitches, got six outs. Nobody's touching him. Let's let, let, let's go. And you could do this thing until someone gets on base. I'm going to keep pitching him. Makes perfect sense. Or if he's done, hey, Matt Beatty, grab a bat, go up there. Cody Bellinger's going to try to steal, which he did, and got into scoring position. Now all of a sudden, Matt Beatty gets a hit. Now it's 7-2. to two. Yeah, We're a little bit better. The, the the path that they chose, I don't understand the upside. You really, Matt Beatty's that important? Gavin Lux? Do you don't want to burn him? I don't understand what happened. This is one of those times. I, I, I genuinely, I don't have an answer. I, I don't have an answer, and it wasn't addressed, and that question never came up. So I think uh, I don't think we have an answer. But this makes me go Dave back. The, the, it's the Dave thing, right? Yeah. And I've been here. I've been both critical of Dave, and I've been both guys. Guys, you don't get it. This was this is what he was doing. For instance, mm-hmm. Julio coming in to pitch the eighth inning in Game Two. I didn't like it, but I get it. I get it. it. It didn't work. I didn't like it, but I understand what you were going for. This is one of these, like, I don't understand what you're going for. And it m- fills me with a little bit of uncertainty going into Scherzer, going into Bueller, that a similar situation gets made that doesn't work out. That is a terrible – last night was a terrible decision that didn't affect the game. doesn't mean it wasn't a terrible decision. Okay, I'm going to throw a couple things your way. By the way, uh, Dodger fans, if you want to let us know how you feel about this upcoming weekend or this conversation we're having about Gratterall, 877-710-ESPN. Okay, I'm going to throw this, and you tell me how you feel about this. So far, Scherzer in the postseason. Um, four games played, mm-hmm. 16 and two-third innings. It's four innings at start. Four innings to start, but I think one of those games played is going to be the uh, the the role he came in as a closer, right? So he yep. came in as closer, so that kind of, it's going to skew it a little bit. Okay. So it's about you could say he's averaging five innings or so. So, so you far but you starts. go three starts and fifteen innings. It's five innings to start. Five innings. Yeah. All right. Five innings to start. Um, giving up ten hits. Giving up four earned runs. Twenty three strikeouts. His postseason as a whole, not that bad. 
not that bad. You know, you kind of pay attention to it as a whole. Uh-huh. Just so far this postseason, uh-huh. Walker Bueller, um, three games pitched, just under a four ERA, fourteen innings. So he's about four and a half innings has been his average. Twelve Ks, fifteen hits, six earned runs, two home runs. If the the silver lining is what you got coming up here, you know, we, we're saying that the. Max Scherzer and the Walker Bueller that you the conversation you used to have about those two two months ago is, yeah it's different today 100 it is and but the stakes are different and this is just how it is the one thing I'll say about tomorrow if you had to pick between Scherzer or Bueller for tomorrow just to get you to that game seven I think Scherzer's numbers have been more consistent than I Bueller agree. has Scherzer could potentially get you to Bueller yes and you've said this before. You'll take your chances with a guy that's been there, that he's 100%. done it. 100%. I, I just set it up that way because you and I would both be doing listeners a disservice if we said, oh, it's just look on paper. It's Scherzer, Bueller. Dodgers are good. That's not the case. No. But I like that it's Scherzer tomorrow, and it would be potentially Bueller on, on it, uh, Sunday. It is the best-case scenario for a scenario for that you hope to never be yeah, in. for the circumstances. It's, 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 it's fine. Max Scherzer said this a couple of days ago. When he remember when he came out in Game Two and they said, "Hey, you know, you seem to be okay with this. What's going on?" This was his response. Yeah, I would just say my arm was dead. I could tell when I was warming up. I would, you know, I would. It was still tired. Um, I've been in a situation before. You know, you don't always go out there and pitch you know, full full strength. Okay. So he said my arm was dead. Uh, I don't know if you got to see after the game last night. Pedro Martinez was talking about it after the game. Oh, what does he know? <laughs> exactly. He, he, who's that guy? What did he ever do? Um, and he said, look, I don't know what Max Scherzer is going to look like on Saturday because when I hear dead arm, sometimes that means it lasts a day. Sometimes it means it lasts a couple of weeks or a month. That it, there's there's not an injury. Hmm. And look, I let me let me be crystal clear. Never pitched at anything like this level, but having pitched no, in high school and I'm college, sure there's something you can the, offer on that. There, there's a moment where I'm not hurt, but the ball's just not coming out of my hand. I feel fine, but when I let the ball go, instead of it going for me, instead of it going 85 or 86 miles an hour, it's going 80 or 81. It's mm-hmm. there's I'm not hurt. It's just there's there's nothing in the tank. Mm-hmm. I can't, and it's not oh take an extra day. It's It'll come back eventually. This is they go through in spring training all the time. Oh, they're in the dead arm period where you throw a bunch and your arm dies down. Low, then you just kind of work your way through it, take it easy, and then it comes back. There's no guarantee that it comes back on Saturday. There's no guarantee that Walker Bueller. Now, if you're telling me they're going to throw an eight inning, four hit, one run, great. It's a of course it is. They're going to need their bullpen. They're going to need their bats. As good as it's been with Scherzer and Bueller throughout the season, and as much as I like them in those two games, your bullpen's going to need to do what they did last night or something close to it. It's going to need to do what it's done through the entire series, and more than anything, Al, you got to hit, man. That is, you're not going to win these games 2-1. to one. You're going to have to win these games 6-4. to Especially four. Especially against Atlanta. Yes, you, know, you got to hit. You, you were able to kind of get past San Francisco, but this Atlanta lineup is obviously different. And one other thing, Trav – um, we, we kind of look at this scenario and the way things have played out. We're going to find out, too. You and I talked about this. The Dodgers look gassed. They look tired. We're going to find out, right? We're going to find These next two games are going to tell you that Dodgers have some more in them or it wasn't meant to be. I, I think I pressed on a bruise because people want to talk about Dave Roberts right now. They're fired up. We're going to take more of those phone calls. We'll talk more about the Dodgers and what they need to do to Eight, win seven, game six. Seven, seven, ten ESPN. Maybe don't let a relief pitcher take a key up bat in the game. I don't know. That's one place to start. That's next. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So you just have to apparently say Dave Roberts, Al, and people get fired up about the uh, decision-making process all over again. I, I didn't get it. I, I, I'm hoping somebody calls me and says, Trav, you're missing the, – the reason that that happened is because of this. And I go, oh, yeah, duh, I'm an idiot. That, that makes perfect sense, but I can't come up with it. Yeah, by the way, this isn't the first time, so I think when you say people – light up the phones because they want to talk Dave Roberts. There's there's something to that. You know, I, I think it's a fair thing to even though we talk a lot about, hey, these don't all come from Dave Roberts, the front office obviously, this is a discussion that they're having and then Dave Roberts just has to execute it, but it's always going to be a hot topic. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance and all of our guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let's start in Hawthorne with Tony. Tony, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's going on? Hey Travis, it's not Tony, it's Robert. How you doing? Oh sorry Robert. What's up? No, you know what? Absolutely. I used to pitch in the old days, and, and when you look at his managing, it's like managing – he has a book, Managing for Dummies. If it's not – Gratterall came up, I'm like, okay, he's going to pitch another inning. He takes him out. My daughter's never played hardball. She's like, what are these decisions this manager is making? Uh, the guy in center field, Lux, should never have been in center field. I mean, you just name it, from pitchers uh, that shouldn't be in the lineup that are uh, coming in as relief pitchers – horrible no wonder the Dodgers are behind three to two but they might be tired but his managing is pathetic I I that's a step farther than I want to go Robert that wasn't our call. that wasn't our guy right might have been I, so? I was I was waiting for he couldn't manage a Denny's I was waiting for his walk-off shot but I, I he's not pathetic I think he's very, very good at what most modern managers are asked to do, which is implement the plan, according to the math, mm-hmm. and manage your players so they understand their roles and make sure everybody feels good about what they need to do. I think he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. There are some decisions, though, that make you go, huh? And that one last night for Gratterall to, to let him hit and then run trying him back out there, I just like it didn't matter because they ended up scoring a bunch of runs, but it made the alarm bells in my head go off again like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And eventually one of those decisions that doesn't make any sense is going to be the one that swings the game the other way. Let's try another one here. Let's go to uh, Palmdale and Joe. Joe, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. I called you game five and told you how Roberts blew that game and Taylor uh, bailed him out. I agree with Roberts last night with letting Grotterall hit because your only hitters off the bench are Lux and Barnes. The Dodgers have no faith and Beattie, in the other guys. And Beatty. He's on the he, team, but you had Roberts three guys left. Trust him. No, he started he games in the postseason. That's just not true. But just, just well, as yeah, simple he as started, this. He started Joe, games in the postseason, and he played himself out of the lineup. Joe, okay. simple, simple as this, it's a close enough game. Okay. But, but let me let me just ask this mm-hmm. real quick. Joe, do you honestly think that Dave Roberts thinks that Brewstar Gratterall has a better chance of getting a hit than Matt Beattie? And you're not going to bring <laughs> anybody else, and you're not bringing Gratterall back. Right. The out. To your point, like you said, if the other team, the Braves, start to come back, I would much rather have a righty and a lefty pinch hitter late in the game than have burned them. Why Bellinger stole second on that play, I have no idea. Because now everybody says, oh, well, a base hit. 
you know, now you burn your guy and you don't have him later if the wheels come off the bus. You got to leave yourself options for later on in the game. You, I, I hear you, Joe, and that's a that's a decent explanation of what's going on, but you haven't sold me on it. Thank you for the call. I, I When you have a chance to score runs, let's score some runs. Matt Beattie can hit a double. He can hit a home run. Austin Barnes could do that. Loop a yeah. single, anything could happen. Yeah, right. Gavin Lux mm-hmm. on the bench too. And I understand you want to you don't want to fire all of your bullets, but it was only six to four, uh, six to two. You only had a four run lead. I, I, I get it, it got lost in the shuffle, but this was one of those. Hey, this doesn't make any sense. Why are why are we holding on to Matt Beatty just on something that may happen later in the game? I want to have a chance to score a run. Let's go score a run. Fifth inning, you're up four runs. Mm-hmm. You got a Braves team that's shown. They got a number of guys that are incredibly dangerous with their bat. It's not out of the ordinary for them to come back. That that's not a no. You know, if they if they make it a six five game, by the time you get to the eighth inning, that's not a shock. You know what I mean? Like that can happen in a game against the Atlanta Braves. Opportunities that you have, you try to capitalize on because you don't know if they're going to come again. When I hear why did he steal second? Because that's the game. Trying to win. That's what you're trying to do. Trying to score another run. And Gratterall had thrown 14 pitches. Mm -hmm. I understand that Dave said before the game, I don't really envision anybody going more than two. Okay. That's a fine plan. Maybe there's an exception because of how those two innings went. What if a guy goes gets six outs on 14 pitches? You don't Mm -hmm. want to roll him another inning? And and I get it. Trinan was great. It it, it worked out, but there were some decisions there that uh, are, are baffling, really. Let's go to Irvine this time. And Chris. Chris, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, some things I'm seeing, you can put it on Dave Roberts, and I think we're setting ourselves up for if the Dodgers lose, everyone's coming after Dave Roberts' head. Please explain to me why Walker Bueller and Will Smith looked at six strikes without swinging the bat. Now, that has to come from somewhere for them to be in this position. This is with men in scoring position. We're looking at strikes right down the middle. Makes no sense. We're not pitching inside to their power hitters. I don't know why we're afraid to go Don Drysdale on some of these home run hitters. It's home run or bust. That's a terrible way to manage a baseball game. Well, I don't know if Dave Roberts is telling those guys to go up there with a certain approach. I think that's up to the hitters more than it is the manager. The manager, and thanks for the call, Chris. The manager's job is to put players in a position to succeed and and leave the team in a position to win the games. If if he puts a certain player in the lineup and he goes up there swinging to hit at 500 feet when a single will do, that's on the player. That's not mm-hmm. on the manager. Now, it's on the manager the next time that you put him in in that situation, but I, I'm talking about in-game decisions that are, are predicated, that are not part of the pregame routine, right? We've talked about this a million times, Slee. They have a blueprint that says, if this happens, then do that. Mm-hmm. And it's probably got 100 scenarios on it. The problem is there's about a thousand scenarios that can come up in the game, and and of the remaining nine hundred scenarios, you're going to need somebody that makes decisions that make some sense, and that's the part where I'm just like, hey, I don't, I don't get it. You know what's funny is you keep mentioning this about yesterday's game. Okay, hey, it is what it is. Everything worked out. Don't worry about it. We're um, the Dodgers put themselves. In, they ended up winning, so that conversation didn't come up. But it's more about these final two games. Decisions are going to need to be made. Predicaments are going to come up in these final two games, these two elimination games that could win you the series or lose you the series. Yeah. I, mean, I, I told you that I, I this is my personal belief. Game two, that call to go to Julio, mm-hmm. 
could cost them the series. That you might could be right. that could potentially be the difference of winning the series or not. Now it's not going to be. Does one decision determine everything? No, it's a combination of everything. But that's a glaring Sometimes moment. Sometimes it a, does. That's a big moment right there. So the the reason why this is a conversation in a blowout win against Atlanta in Game Five is because you got two more games left that your back's against the wall. You're going to be in this predicament again over these next two games. Absolutely. One more here, real quick. Let's go to Noah in Studio City. Noah, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Oh man, I am so enjoying hearing you say this, Travis, about Mr. Dave Roberts. This is the this is the point I've just been like you know so frustrated with is that in-game, in-the-moment moves, he frequently makes these calls that nobody can justify and nobody understands. But you know what? That's not what's really important here. What I really want to point out is I've got a few years on both of you guys, and I can't tell you how much it warmed my heart when you had to go to a figure skating reference, Travis. It wasn't Terrell Lipinski. It wasn't Nancy Kerrigan. It was Dorothy Hamill. I mean, that is beautiful, man. Nicole Wilson. Oh, we lose. We lo- yeah, we lost I, Noah. There. We lost you, Noah. I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed that. He's very I, proud. Look, I, I like to go proud. deep on some of the obscure references. And look, I think Dorothy Hamill won a gold medal in figure skating. I think, like in the 70s, so maybe the 60s. I'm not quite sure. She had the haircut. A lot of girls in my fourth grade class had a Dorothy Hamill haircut. <laughs> Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. <laughs> you, said, you said something yesterday. That was a good bam, by the way. It was fantastic yeah. and about the hockey <laughs> where you were like, I want to be a Kings fan. And I said, well, let's, let's go to both and let, let, let's figure out because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Ducks fan. Right. I'm a Anaheim Ducks fan. Yep. And you're like, no, I'm just picking no, I'm the Kings opposite. Fan. Yeah, I'm a I'm Kings going fan. <laughs> you say a lot of funny things. That's at the top of the list for me. That without even thinking, no, 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 I'm going over here. <laughs> well, why? Because you're over there. <laughs> that was the that was fantastic. I, I enjoyed that Anaheim. a great deal. That, that's has more to do with that. <laughs> hey, I just walk across I'm, the street. I'm this is super, more on locale. <laughs> I'm not super sympathetic when people go. I got a long drive. Yeah, do you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah, long drive. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the long drive. Uh, Lakers tonight, Slee. The Suns, good team, defending Western Conference champions. And- Fun game. Yeah, very game. fun game. Very fun game. And you're talking, you know, you tried to sell me on that there's a little juice between these two. I'm not really there on that, but it is a good game. Let's just for a second, I, I think the Lakers will win the night. They're 
the Lakers are a really good team too. I, I, well, I'll tell you this: I thought they would win Tuesday. So did I. And I thought this is this is definitely the tougher game of yep. the two. But okay, we'll see what happens. At what point mm-hmm. do you say, um, "I get that it's a work in progress. I get that these guys are yeah. still getting to know how to play with each other. I get that rotations are being solved and all these things." But at what point is it? Hey, you guys going to win one of these things? Is it two games? If it doesn't happen tonight, is it that fast? Well, I, I think that convers hundred percent. I think that conversation would happen. I think it's already happening. Of like, okay, let's. Uh, hey, what are we gonna do here? The, the whole idea is to win some games. But if you start the season zero and three, if you lose against the Warriors, then lose against the Suns, and then Sunday night when no one's really paying attention to you because it's a game against Memphis. Memphis is a nice team. They made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. John Morant's one of my favorite players to watch. He's, He's super an incredibly fun. exciting player. Mm-hmm. If you started off 0-3, there's 100% conversation coming into that Monday. Because look at the timing I of it right, right now, right? Because yeah. today's Friday. So by the time we get to tonight, if Lakers lost, kind of gets lost a little bit in the shuffle because the weekend is there. Lost in the shuffle in the sense that we're, we don't have a show. Dodgers. Dodgers are going on. NFL games are going on. College going on. And then Sunday night, you're left with a game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh-huh. So to answer your question of when do people Three. start saying what the hell, what the hell's going on here? Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. I, I genuinely think <laughs> if you walk in, if you and I walk in to do the show on Monday, and the Lakers started the season off 0 and three, losing three games in a row at Staples Center. Oh, no, well, that's, that's, that's that, that turn some heads. You know, when you say it like that, that's a little more interesting that they're all at home. I think that adds a little bit of something to the pile. What about okay? I Bro, I agree stacked. with you. The squad is stacked. All they got to do is just you know. I, I I hear you, and I agree with you that Laker fans, basketball fans, will do that. Hey, uh, I thought this was supposed yeah. to be one of the best. Ty, what are you guys going to do? When, what, you guys lost six in the preseason. When <laughs> it over? When will Alan Sliwa mm-hmm. have the? You know what? This is kind of weird. It's not after three games, is it? Because look, I, I'm the one that I think is most skeptical about how these pieces fit together than anybody. And well, even if they went 0 and 3, I'm not going to be saying, see, see, see. If they, if they like, started yeah, off, wait. you know, 1 5, 1 and 6, yeah. something like that. No, yeah, I, I think you're getting closer. By the way, that's also, you're going to go on the road against San Antonio. You got, I think, two against Houston. Bad you got teams. Oklahoma City. Like you have some games coming up where me, you, Taylor, Emily, and we're just one one person short. We're, it's a close John game Chin in the fourth quarter. Right here. Let's bring fourth John quarter. In. It's a close game. <laughs> so I, I think the if you do a one and five, one and six, that type of start, uh, I I know for me, I would be looking at this team much differently. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. I think. By the way, I don't think today's a um, today's a, a layup. This no. is a tough game tonight because. This is what both franchises have in front of them tonight. Just use it as an example. Lakers lost to Phoenix at Staples Center. That was the postseason. So whether you and I want to add some ammo to that or not, the Lakers' last game in the playoffs was right here at Staples Center against the Phoenix Suns, and it was Jay Crowder they had running Laker his uniforms. mouth. And it it was, really wasn't the Lakers. It wasn't the Lakers, but <laughs> you know what? Anthony Davis is probably sitting there saying, oh, I wish I could play these guys when I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron Price in there saying, if I was healthy, no CP3, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Jay Crowder. You guys are not celebrating here at Staples Center. So I think there's that part of it. And then I think if you're the Phoenix Suns, I don't think anybody believes what you did. I think that's very true. I think everybody looks at the Suns and say, yeah, but you did that with everybody injured. Yeah, like, cool, but yeah, good job, but yeah. So they got a it's little. One of those. They got a little just, something to prove as well. You know, it helps winning. Just win. Just go out there. Russ makes some shots. Look a little more comfortable in the offense. Mm-hmm. Frank Vogel tried to say, "Ah, this is on me." Eh, 
I get what you're doing, but I appreciate does, it. Doesn't I, feel like it was on you. I, I like that he did that. Yeah. And I like that. You know, obviously players are going to come to Russell's uh, defense. Okay, Russ, go be Russell Westbrook tonight. Just yeah. go. Stop worrying about anything. Don't don't try to over uh, distribute. Go be Russell Westbrook. They're going to win a bunch of games. So let's try another phone call here. Pico Rivera, Roy, Roy, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Roy? How's it going, guys? Uh, my question is about uh, Dave, David Price. What do you guys think about him being added to the playoff roster? And if uh, Max Scherzer goes has some trouble today, or I'm sorry, tomorrow, does uh, he get does he get uh, put in for him? Well, look, David Price has had an amazing career. I like it on paper. He's been a multiple time All Star, yeah. a Cy Young Award winner, a World Series champion. Yep. He's he's a made guy in yep. Major League Baseball. I don't like it. I, 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 there's, That's what I said on paper. Yeah, there's no, there's no better option. I, I think what you said, uh, Roy, is interesting. That if Max Scherzer gets in trouble early and you have to gobble up some innings, I think he's Gonsolin's probably not going to be your guy. It feels like he's proven that he's not. Um, but David Price has been average. Mm-hmm. He, he's been average. So I, I don't love it. I think what you'd probably see is you try to string Gratterall a little longer. You try to string Trinan, get an extra out here or there. Maybe you try to get Corey Knable instead of getting three outs. You try to get four or five mm-hmm. that you just, you know, Evan Phillips, instead of trying to get one or two or three outs, you try to get three or four. You just try to cover it. I there The situation where I think he comes in is where you are literally the game is either really tight and you're on a, anybody on base situation, we're going to get him out. You're not going to let the thing spiral or you have a, a comfortable lead like maybe you did last night, and we have a five-six run lead. We need to get three outs. Let's at least start this and see if we can steal an out or two. But I'd be really surprised if he pitched. And the, the reason he wasn't on the roster is because they didn't have a ton of faith in it. Fascinating part tomorrow is going to be what assures are going to give you. Did uh, hey, my arm is just dead. Does that still have the effect you were talking about? Pedro Martinez says that could be a day, two days. It could be two weeks, a week, or whatever the case is. That's going to be fascinating. And then also. Um, the 17 hits that they had yesterday, that you don't need 17 fun. of them. No. They, you don't need 17 of them. Take 10. Can you get 8 to 10 hits with ten. five, four or five runs? Yeah, I, I need 10, and I need at least three or four of them to be for extra bases. But mm-hmm. let's have some guys. Let's get a walk. Let's, t- let's get hit by a pitch. Let's make some stuff happen. There's no way we go into the weekend out and yep. we don't hear from Manuel there he is. in Gardena. Manuel in Gardena, what's up, my friend? Oh, fellas, man, what a game. I was privileged enough. To go to the game last night with my best friend and my uh, son, hmm. and uh, it's just unreal, man. But I do have a little bit of a bone to pick, not only with you, Travis, but with a lot of our listeners. Okay. How is it that a man who can have one World Series ring, three World Series berths, five straight playoff appearances, get second-guessed so damn much? We have to remember, and you've touched on this, this is not Tommy's baseball. Mm-hmm. This is not Walt Alston's baseball. This guy is the mastermind of what these Harvard guys are trying to do. He's the perfect mix of player uh, manager and analytics manager. And, man, we just got to ride with Dave Roberts, man. Again, I stand by it. To me, He's the best manager in the game. I get a lot of flack for it, and I get it, but I'm riding with my man, Doc. 
You know what I mean? I, I, I hear you, Manuel, and I think that I'm, I'm with you about 80% of the way. I'm with you that he's being asked to do something, and he implements that plan really well. He relates to his players really, really well. I think he's got an, a really good mix of knowing what it was like to be a player, knowing what it's like to manage a ball team. I, I, I understand all of those things, but there are moments, and I'm not talking about the decision to pitch Knable in the opener. It wasn't his decision. I'm not, I'm not criticizing him for that. I don't think it was his decision to bring in Julio Rios in the eighth inning. I, I, I don't. But there are moments in games where you need to make a decision right now that we haven't prepared for. Namely, Bruce Gratterall threw 14 pitches and got six outs. He's rolling. His spot is coming up with two outs with a runner at first base. You can pitch him and, and roll it out and let him hit and say, hey, I'm not taking a guy out that's going through guys. Or you can pull him out and say, look, we're going to need more runs. Both of the, the decision that was made covers none of those bases mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense that's why he gets the criticism because there are a couple of things that pop up more than just once in a while that are not well the math says this there's no math that says that was the right play that was just weird I think there's a knee-jerk reaction every single game positively or negatively on Dave Roberts and, and just let me give kind of an example here you know if you're a CEO of a corporation CEO of a business there's an owner still above you and there, and I, I say that because you might be the face of the company. You might have to go out there and tell your employees one thing. You might be in a tough position where you have to, hey, you got to sell this to everybody. Make them like this. Even though you don't believe it's the right move, you're doing something somebody else is telling you to do. Uh -huh. That's kind of Dave Roberts every single night. That that Not for, that. Well, mostly that. Dave no. Roberts has to be the face of every decision. No, no, I, I agree. You're 100% right about that. What I'm saying is I, I'm – I'm 98% of the way with you, but there are moments like we saw last night, like we saw where you had Cody, where after you said Cody's probably not going to see a lot of left-handers, and then two nights later, he faces a left-hander with the tying run on second base with Albert Pujols. It's like, okay, that's not a analytics decision. That is against that. Why are we doing that? And nine out of the ten decisions that are made in a given game are dictated by a collaborative decision between Dave Roberts and the front office. But that one out of the ten. You're not that confident about no, they. They're inexplicable. They're not. I'll say it again. You can't justify them. Julio Arias pitching the eighth inning in games two. I didn't like it, but I got it. I understand what you were trying to do. I didn't agree with it, but I understand. That last night was like, uh, say what now? You're, you're going to let him hit, and then he's not going to pitch? Then what? So I, I know we, we got to go, but there's a couple. Have Arias take the at-bat. Sure. He's a much better. Have, yeah. I know Kershaw's unavailable, but you got pitchers that can swing the bat a little bit. If you're going to have the pitcher take the at-bat, no, have the make better sense. pitcher take it, the at-bat. You asked the question, maybe somebody could shed some light no on one this. Has. No one was able to no shed one some has. light. The dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Did you get to see I, – I mean, I, I only saw highlights. I was not watching the game as it was happening. Did yeah. you see Steph Curry last night? Yeah. That was ridiculous. 
That was Steph Curry. He's one of the few players where it's like, oh no, that's just Steph Curry. No, he's just taking a shot with one guy giving him absolutely no space. That's twenty six feet away from the basket. That's <laughs> that's Steph. Well, one of them was almost a forty footer. It felt like he was a step or two inside the the the, uh, the half court line, and I, I don't know why. There's no reason I feel like this, but I need to adjust my own um, expectations. Still, now it's like, what's it? Oh, that's right. For him, that's a good shot. <laughs> that's not a desperation. That's a good look for him. He got a a, a fraction of daylight. Defenses have to 40 go all feet from the, the way out and guard him. By the way, um, is he the most fun? Is he the most fun? I know he's not the best player. He's close, but is he just the most just for your bang for your buck? And this is totally subjective. Is he the most fun player to watch in the NBA? The most box office attraction. Just you're flipping you channels, to, and you know he's cooking. Okay, on TV. Yeah, I, listen. If if you kind of go through a couple different sports, if if Lamar Jackson's on, I, I want to watch too. Lamar. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes is on. Okay, other team, hurry up and punt. Yeah. I want Mahomes to have the ball. Steph's definitely one of those guys. Otani. Otani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Otani, if you're flipping and the Angels are up to bat and you see Otani on the on-deck circle, I'm going to stick around for that. You know who's still kind of one of those guys? LeBron is still one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. But look, LeBron, LeBron is like jaw-droppingly awesome, mm-hmm. but... What Steph does is just so. First of all, he's six three in a league where everyone's six ten. Mm-hmm. He what? What is Steph weigh? Probably one hundred and eighty something pounds. Not two sixty, two seventy five. And he's making guys fall down, trip over their own feet. Really good players, and he's going to the paint. He's finishing around the hoop and all these different unbelievable ways. He's and turning he's, around in the middle of a jumper and starting to run over to the other end. And he makes yeah, it's not bad. Thirty five footers like they're gimmies. It's he's he's extraordinary. Let's go to the dump. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for the dump. Okay, Trav, I got, I got some beef for this. I hate this strategy in the NBA. I hate this strategy for all the sports. Okay. All right? So we're just reading this here. Uh, Damian Lillard says he's in it for the long haul. He reaffirms on NBA Today he's not leaving Portland. Can I tell you why that bothers me? Yes. What, what is Portland going to do this year? What are they going to accomplish this year? I'll tell you. I know exactly how they're going to be a fifth, sixth, or seventh place in the Western <laughs> Conference. They're going to be out in the first round. If they're lucky, they're going to get to the second round and then get blasted because mm-hmm. that's what Portland does. If you're Damian Lillard, I love Dame as a player. Like, I genuinely enjoy watching him. There's another guy. You he's know, super fun. If he's on, you're going to turn the channel and watch no question. Dame Lillard. Why not put pressure on your organization that, listen, I'm not going to let you sleep good at night. Unless you get me a squad, unless you're smart enough to bring in guys or make some trades, do some stuff that makes me say to myself that I want to find a way to make sure that I'm competing for a championship, why does he have to tell them? Why does he have to tell the Portland Trailblazers, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to be right here and take no the pressure off the organization? Him. Yeah, it does take the pressure off. Michael, sit down and turn on your mic real quick. I have questions. How do you do that? Uh, I don't know. Emily will turn the mic on for you. Taylor will turn the mic on. Just put one. There you go. Can we? Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm not putting this mic sock on. How in the world did Clay get left off the 75? I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, he was deserving. Some other guys who have a legitimate beef to an argument. I thought he was going to make it based on uh, three-time champion, five-time all-star. Greatest Mark, shooter of all time yeah, on the short arguably, list. Arguably him and Steph, the greatest shooters ever. Well, definitely the greatest backcourt ever, sure. I think. And I'm biased, obviously. I'm I'm, I'm LeVar light. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're LeVar bit. extreme light. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but think I, there's I, a lot I, of LeVar. I do think they are the greatest backcourt ever. I know there's some, been some great backcourts in Weston, Goodridge, Frazier, and Monroe. 
Jordan and me, Jordan and whoever. Yeah. <laughs> That's how great he was. <laughs> Magic and Byron. But I think they're the greatest backcourt ever. And plus, Clay is uh, he said multiple. He has multiple NBA records. Yeah, shooting yeah. records that uh, no one's even approached. Well, I guess approached. First, he had the all-time threes in the playoffs. Damian Lillard broke that in overtime. Most points in a quarter. Most points in a quarter ever, even more in Wilt. Uh, 60 points faster than any other player in history. Most threes in a game uh, made, most threes in a game attempted. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's got enough records out there. I thought that would get him on. But I was disappointed, but there are some very high uh, – qualified players who are on the list. Look, there are more than 75 great players in the history of this league. So somebody was going to have, you know, the short end of the stick. But I said this to Al this morning, and this was before I had seen Clay's Instagram post where he was angry, and I understand. To me, you can't tell the story of the NBA – without telling the story of the Warriors over the last eight or nine years. Oh, I, I well, people it, say I'm biased, but I think it, I tell Clay all the time, him, him, KD, Steph, Draymond's the greatest team I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and I've, seen, I've seen them all. And, and he was integral to this. Yeah. This was not he was along for the ride. This was not he was the, the – he was the second Splash Brother. This yeah. he, and, he and Steph not only won a bunch of games and titles and all-star games and all the things you're talking about, they changed the league. Yeah, they the, did. The, the league is really different did. than yeah. it was before they got here. Right, it really did. I remember I heard Kenny Smith say last night, teams, when Reggie Miller played, averaged five to seven threes a game. Now these guys take five to seven threes in the first three minutes of a game. It's ridiculous <laughs> how much we, the game has changed. When we started our first, first or second preseason game, Michael's talking to John, and I'm just like casually listening, and he said, do you know how many threes the Warriors took yesterday? They're talking. And he says, 69. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's today's NBA, right? Yeah, That's yeah. today's NBA. By the, yeah. okay. But the, today, that doesn't exist without Klay Thompson. That's mm-hmm. the point that I'm trying to make. That yeah. Without Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, that doesn't exist. Yeah, they changed the game because remember when 15 is when they started really going off, and Barkley was saying, oh, you can't win a championship being a three-point shooting team. Now you cannot, they, you cannot win defense. a championship without being that. But they play defense. Yeah, they play so defense. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, and Clay's a perfect example of that. A couple other guys. Mm-hmm. I think Dwight should have been on there. Yeah, yeah. Dwight's an eight-time All-Star, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, I, something like that. I want to put you on the spot, Michael. You, there's one spot left, and Powell and Dwight are both off the list. Who goes on? Ooh, that's a great question because everybody has so much respect for Powell. Arguably, the second greatest European player in history. Yeah. You know who the first. You know who the greatest European player in history was Dirk. Dirk? No. Arvidas Sabonis. Mm. You guys didn't see him before he got hurt. I just remember him in Portland when he was <laughs> slow. He, yeah. he might have been the greatest center in the, in the world when he, in his prime. This is when Kareem was playing. That's how good he was he before he got hurt. He came into the league late, right? Oh, yeah. He came yeah. into the league as a, as a very diminished uh, player because of his injuries to, to two Achilles. But anyway. You got 30 seconds, Michael. Dwight, Dwight or, Powell? or Powell? Both Lakers? I'd have to give it the edge to Powell because of his... Two championships. He's a Hall of Famer. Dwight will be too. And his and international resume. Yeah, his international yeah. Uh, influence. Tough decision. It is there, tough. There are a million Lakers on that list, and, and, and a million a, Lakers got left off. These conversations started today. And they're not going to end. Everybody's going to continue to have that conversation on it. Are you in for John or Steve today? Nobody. I just come in and crash and just jump in. I'm like the guest who won't leave. I'm like, uh, <laughs> You're like I'm the like, uh, I'm like, for, can I spend the I'm weekend like, on your couch? I'm like Leon and uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> just a black guy who moved in and won't leave. That's there you me. go. Mason and Ireland and Leon are coming up here right. in just a couple of minutes. We'll see you here. Hopefully on Monday talking about the World Series, a weekend of football. We got you covered. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.